Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 211, recorded at River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show was made possible by support from the Herbal Nerd Society. To join the Herbal Nerd Society, just go to thepracticalherbalist.com, click on the join link in the upper menu, and learn more about that. Uh, today's show is uh, an herb lab show about Justin Ehrlich, and he's an acupunct- acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner we had in. Um, on healing and self-transformation through the natural world. So, without further ado, I hear your hosts, Candace Hunter and Patrick Hunter. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. <laughs> okay, eventually we'll get that down. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm actually looking at you for the voice cues. And, I, and I, it's so funny because I, in my head I know what to say, but I can't say it. I know exactly like, how you feel. I, 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 I can't say it. <laughs> so... Uh, so today's show is is all about uh, Justin, and uh, we have a couple other little things like herbs in the news, which we haven't had in a while. But there was a mm-hmm. one that caught my eye, and I thought, "Wow, well, we should talk about this one." Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Do you have some things to say about Mister Mister Ehrlich? Oh, I enjoy talking with him. He has such a grounding presence, and you know, he knows so much about herbs and plants and healing. You know, as a sound mixer guy uh, here in the in our in our podcast, it was funny because you know, oftentimes when we're listening to um, to people, I have to kind of monitor their ups and downs. Yeah. And he was just He's straight across the line. Even keel. Yeah. <laughs> even when we had a, a, a snafu happen where we lost connection, it was almost like he didn't he didn't break his his Zen like quality. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's almost it's kind of refreshing actually. So it was with all cool. the crazy in the world, or at least in my world, it's nice to have somebody who's just even keel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I enjoy talking with Justin a lot. Um, I admit that I, at the time when we were interviewing him, I did not have access to red peony root, but I have since procured some. And, and he won, and, and why was it so big for you to, to do that after he talked, you talked with him? Well, I had been, I've been using, I've had access to white peony root. So I'm not an acupuncturist. I do not have a license mm-hmm. to, in that, which right. means that... For me, getting a hold of Chinese herbs is really difficult. Okay. In, um, in American herbal practice or medicine practice, however you want to call it, the people who provide or the, the companies that provide Chinese herbs to practitioners often require you to have an acupuncturist license before they'll sell to you. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because Chinese herbal medicine encompasses a very large number of plants and other substances, and they don't want to lose any of their pharmacology. They don't want to lose any parts of their herbs um, to government regulation. And they have lost some due to people, Western people, using them inappropriately. Like a FEDRA, right? Yeah, like a FEDRA is one. And FEDRA is a really powerful and very helpful decongestant, I guess, is Mm -hmm. what as a Western medicine person, you might call it, it works on the sinuses and it opens up the sinuses. Um, it's also been helpful and been used for things like conditions like asthma. Mm-hmm. In Western medicine, there's an awful lot of money in developing pharmacology for all of those different things, mm-hmm. those conditions. And there's a lot of regulation over those drugs as well as other drugs the pharmaceutical industry does. So ephedra at one point, I don't remember, it was like 20 or 30 years ago, 
someone somewhere decided to start marketing it or using it or talking about using it for weight loss, and it became a thing. And in anyone who's familiar with American mainstream culture, it thing, things become things, like turmeric became this huge thing for a while a couple of years ago to the point where someone somewhere decided to start giving people IVs with turmeric extract in them. Mm-hmm. So we in the West here do some things that I personally say are a little bit crazy, uh, but we do them. And when we do them and it leads to someone being seriously injured or killed and the pharmaceutical industry finds that they don't like that as well, the two come together, the government might step in and say, okay, well, now this plant is no longer accessible. Like marijuana suddenly was no longer accessible 100 years ago. Now it's coming back. Ephedra has gone through the same thing. And so Chinese medicine practitioners have to have a license, an acupuncturist license, because that's what's licensed in America, to be able to buy Chinese herbs. Other sellers sell some Chinese herbs. Like, for instance, I've been able to get white peony root and dan shen or red, red sage root through Mountain Rose Herbs. It's not always in stock. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Um, but I can get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure how they specifically source their um, Chinese herbs that they sell, the few, that, the handful they sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know Mountain Reserves is a really strongly ethical company and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to yeah. sit here. But, you know, I, I trust them to make good choices. So I trust the Chinese herbs. I can get through them. Um, but red peony root is not one that I've been able to get through them. I have recently, though, been able to acquire, shall we say, a collection of herbal granules from someone that I know who's an acupuncturist in the area, had been doing some formulation with single herbs and decided that it just wasn't, it wasn't something that her clientele were interested in. And so I bought the rest of what she had, and that included red peony root. And so I had a chance to do just the tiniest amount of just experimenting with it. And I cannot say that at the like two doses that I've tried myself so far that I notice a clear difference. I know energetically I can feel the difference, but I can't tell you what symptoms have changed or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of the ones that I found interesting because white peony root is one that I've used because I had access. And I've used it oftentimes for when I'm talking with for the most part, it's been women. It's not to say that men couldn't use it, but for the most part, it's been women. And when I notice they have what seems like a deficiency, there's a weakness to their system, like they're having digestive issues, they're having insomnia, they're having things that have other symptoms that suggest deficiency, but they also are having stagnation or their energy isn't moving the way it needs to move. And especially when I'm noticing they're having like irritability and anger types of symptoms or, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. stuff. And then I might see other things that are obvious liver, Chinese system, call it liver, you know, liver heat or liver issues or stagnation in the liver. Mm -hmm. I see other things that kind of indicate that as a possibility. In Western medicine, we would use dandelion root. Mm -hmm. Um, But dandelion root is really draining. And if you're already in a weakened state then draining away your energy is not going to help you. That's going to make it worse. So white peony root is more circulating than draining. Red peony root has more of a downward draining or just 
bringing the energy down. White painting kind of just lets it go where it's at but keeps circulating. So I've used it for that and found it really helpful and effective. And I've also found that it has helped lighten the spirits and give the people that I've used it with, it, it's, it's part of formulas that help bring energy back without using ginsengs and other stimulants and you know things that people call adaptogens in Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, they do help your body adapt, but if you're in a deficiency state, they drain it more, okay. they exhaust it. So, so what I've worked with is people who are in that deficiency state and I've experienced that myself. Right. That's part of why I like working with people there because I understand what they're going through. And I also understand why, you know, a ginseng or a luthro or um, even cottonopsis can be too much. You know, I understand what that feels like when that's really too much. So anyway, I found it interesting that he was mentioning both red and white peony. And, and uh, yeah, red peony can be a little challenging to get a hold of, although it's not that hard to grow it in your own yard. It's just a matter of knowing how long to grow it before mm-hmm. you dig it up. But, right. So anyway, that was my long diatribe on peony. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to really love, I fell in love with white peony a couple of years ago and because I was able to use it and yeah. So one of the things that you had talked about liking was his the natural approach or the natural world. And, and not just the um, yes, yeah. healing the, the sickness, yeah. but healing the patient. He said, that, he that, he said Chinese medicine is really adept at using um, the emotional to heal the physical and the physical to heal the emotional and the emotional to heal the spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and I really like that. That's one of the pieces of Chinese medicine I truly appreciate is that if, if, you go to see a Chinese medicine practitioner, they're going to do what? Your your favorite word. They're going to practice holistically. Oh, you said it. Really <laughs> oh. They're going to look at your whole life. They're going to look at your whole your, you as a whole person and then look at how they can help you. you know, your right. treatment will be, if you go to an acupuncturist, your treatment's going to be physical. There will be probably acupuncture, which is needles going into pressure points or right. acupuncture points. Um, but you can treat depression, you can treat mental illness, you can treat a lot of mental health conditions with that physical act. Or it might be cupping, or it might be moxa. I mean, mm-hmm. the the breadth of what they can do beyond herbs, and herbs included, it treats both the mental, emotional, and it treats the physical. Right. So I, I appreciate that a lot. In your In your practice that you do now, um, that's how you. That's how you approach everything too, isn't it? Yeah. And you really resonated with him. I mean, yeah, I sometimes you'll get we'll get some interviews, and you know, it's not that you don't care or that you don't. I mean, you do care, and you you do want to learn, and, and you're respectful of everything. But um, I could always see when when you're just in simpatico with people versus when you're not, or versus you know, you know, it, it's it's interesting watching you. And, and I, when I, you were talking with Justin, it was it was almost like you know. I don't think there was a thing he said that you didn't necessarily agree with him on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, so far, you know, we talked a few shows ago, a few a month ago now, we talked about goals and changes and transformation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's I wasn't expecting when I first met Jimmy Betts, mm-hmm. you know, early yeah. our first, you know, first show we ran this year. I wasn't expecting when I first met him to be in sync with him at all. But I figured I'd enjoy the conversation. Right. And I was more in sync with him than I expected, and it was really fun. And I enjoyed the show, that, the second show we did with him as well. 
And when I met Justin for the first time, honestly, I have to admit, I was truly expecting to be more in sync with him because I've taken a look at his website and, you know, I've read a little bit about what he's done and I've listened to some other podcasts he's done. And yeah, I, I, I expect it, but it's, he has a way of pulling out information and, and languaging it that I think is really powerful mm-hmm. and speaks to the depth of what plants as well as, you know, other modalities can get to. You right. know, how, how by you have a problem, like you have a problem like anxiety, you know, and, and we just, we just listened to uh, that, that uh, Patriot Act. Yes. It's that. Um, it's on Netflix. The name of the guy, Hassan. Hassan Yeah, we just listened to him talking about, you know, he was talking. I'm, I'm late on my Patriot Yes, we, we do wait for the whole season to, to be yeah. on and then we watch him. So it was probably technically last year's. It was in Patriot, November, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, we, but we just watched and he was talking about mental health and the insurance industry and how hard it is to get help for right. mental health. Even though it's not supposed to be now because of the parody law, there just is. Yeah. Exactly. So, but but when I listen to Justin talking, I'm like, I realize that through sometimes to get the help you need to get to to get the help you need for your anxiety, you can't go straight at it and go to a practitioner and get your therapist and get you know get it covered. Insurance gets in your way trying to find yeah. a therapist. You know, lots of things can get in your way. But sometimes you can go sideways to get to it. So you treat the physical, like you go in to see your acupuncturist or an an acupuncturist. Maybe you go in because you're having heart palpitations or you're having stomach aches. Both of those things can occur with anxiety super easily. So you go in for that or you're having headaches. You know, those are physical things and the health insurance industry will be more likely to cover them if, Mm -hmm. if, if acupuncture is covered. And you can get the depression or the anxiety treated at the same time. Whereas if you go to your doctor, you don't really get those two things treated at the same time. Your doctor may give you some anti-anxiety drugs and some painkillers, but they won't be really treating the root of the problem. Whereas your you know, acupuncturist is going to give you, maybe they'll give you some herbs and they'll do some acupuncture. And they're really treating the root of the problem, which is manifesting as both you know, these headaches or the stomach aches or whatever and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was what I – was. this is like big spaghetti I just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me think about our own uh, challenges with uh, mental health with our, our, our own, uh, our son, and, and what we had to do to get it to such a point where um, it was going to be, well, covered. I mean, we would have paid out of pocket as necessary because that's what we would have done, but – it gets extremely expensive when a one-hour appointment is $200. Right. Yes. And a one-hour you know, appointment with your acupuncturist is going to be more like 50 or 60. 50, maybe 100, depending yeah, on where you're yeah, living. Exactly. But, you, know. you know, in our state, you know, uh, Oregon is actually pretty pretty good about um, mental health coverage. They yeah. make a big point of that. Um, but just like anything else, not every care provider provides it and not everybody's taking new patients or they're not covering mm-hmm. using that insurance. There's a lot of different things. And you know, anyone that is suffering through those issues, it's not only are you already dealing with those issues, but then you have to walk into this minefield of trying to get treatment and then it just uh-huh. exacerbates the problem. So it, right. it's just it's just crappy. And, you know, one of the things that – and this is a my soapbox that they pointed out on uh, on the Patriot Act is – and we encountered this just recently ourselves, Candice, was 
you know, you go to a primary care provider, you talk to them, you, 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 they say, yeah, I, I believe, you know, you should, you know, use this treatment. Yeah, acupuncture would help or a massage or whatever it is for your ailment. So you go to the doctor who is certified, has gone through the medical thing, is da, 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 has the job, all that stuff. And then the insurance company gets it. And then they shove it to their doctor who's never met you. We, we, as, presume, we presume they shove it to a doctor. We don't actually know. Well, assuming that they, <laughs> that they do, but they have, it comes back and it gets judged not medically necessary. Okay, so my doctor says it is, and you're supposed to trust my doctor because you tell me that you trust him. And then you have a doctor on your staff or you've hired you have somebody on your that, staff. Has a, that has a vested interest in not providing you care so the insurance company makes more money. Right, right. I don't see how they can that have a That system <laughs> yeah. should not exist. Right. That is counterproductive to the idea that you should have health care. So which, why is there even a primary care physician? The primary care physician actually is the insurance company's guy be. in their back office. You know, that's their yeah, actual. That, yeah, because they're going to the deny <laughs> you coverage because it's not medically necessary, even though yeah. your physician said so. Yeah. And that's where all, all of this, whether it's mental health, which is most prevalent, but even on other things, you know, we've encountered yeah. it too where they'll cover one thing or they'll say the other thing isn't medically necessary. But you're like, well, wait a second. In conjunction, these two things work really well for me because one facilitates the other. And then I'm able to move on and do my things, which is keeping me from spending a whole lot more money on other things that you want me to, to not spend money on for my health care. Right. So I, I just – it's frustrating. So it's my soapbox is I think insurance companies need to get their butts out of – being primary care providers because that's what yeah, they're doing. That is what they're, they're doing. Being, it's, you know, they're it's being frustrating the ones to say what if you gets know, done or not. If you know the right keywords to say yeah. to your doctor who can then put them in a chart and then really give that chart or that information right. to the insurance company, you may get what you want. Right. So, yeah, it's but like it's a keyword not about, search. <laughs> it is. It is exactly like a keyword search. You have to know what the right keywords are that will all trigger your insurance company to pay for the treatment you want. Rather than going into your doctor and saying, I've got this problem and here's what it is and letting your doctor figure out what to do and then recommend and then letting you listen to the recommendations, listen to the information on all the side effects and all the other stuff that comes with it and make a choice. So if you want to see that episode, I would recommend watching it, especially the um, part about the insurance companies um, losing lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit because they are not providing the care that they're supposed to. And the biggest piece of advice that he gives is if you don't, if you get denied, if you get denied by your insurance company for the words, it's not medically necessary or anything like that, complain. Loudly complain. Loudly complain. He said, because in his, in their thing, the study they did is 40, about 40% of the people end up getting their coverage that they need if they're vocal and bitchy about it. Yeah. So in this case, I guess it does pay to be bitchy about it. Yeah. And I would say that it might be helpful if you want to try Chinese medicine, herbal or other, you might want to complain loudly if your insurance company denies you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, One of the other things we used to talk about a lot um, was herbs in the news. Ah, yes. Yes. You found a really good article. Yeah. Interesting. I always – I have a lot of different feeds coming in. I I read a lot of news and information. I I should not be doing it as much, but I do. (laughs) And one that really struck me was there was a – a question uh, that appeared uh, in my feed, and it said, "What well, is it? Which is more dangerous, kratom or nutmeg?" And I thought it was timely because I've had friends of mine talk about wanting to use nutmeg for hallucinogenic right. effect, and I've had other friends 
who used Kratom and also used it to the point of becoming addicted to it. So I thought, right. well, this is this is something I we should we should address. So right. which is more dangerous? What do you think? Candace? Well, the premise of the article was that the CDC did a study on uh, the calls that they had coming in over the last like eighteen years or something like that, and they ranked the number of calls from. With, that were related to various different right. so from 2017 yeah. poison control calls yeah poison right. control calls and so this the substances they made a list of what what they got calls on the most the you know right. next most and all that i think cannabis was at the top yep, of the marijuana's list marijuana's number 1 and that one's gone up a lot and um, their focus was really on people who are not legally adults. Um, they grouped it into a bunch of different age groups, under 6, 6 to 12, and 13 to 19 years mm-hmm. of age, and then 19 and above. And what they're finding in their study, the point of the study was really to note that the number of calls coming in regarding those who are less, not not adults, young younger than eight, 19, has gone up considerably. And they are – I think they noted that cannabis in particular has gone up considerably. Right. Well, Kratom, well, Kratom on, its, in, on its own uh, you know, has a massive spike, like 5,000% in six years. Well, right. if you look in the last six years, it's become a very a much uh, – It's an a, herb that's available yeah. in many places, many like, different ways. Like ephedra, yeah. Kratom is really at the mainstream now and right. mainstreamers are using it. And there's an idea out there as there is with – quite a few other plants, mm-hmm. that it's not addictive and that it's not going to hurt you in any way. Right. And that's not a reality. No. In regard to most of these various plants, the more potent the medicine, the more capacity the medicine has to cause problems for you if you are using it to excess. Kratom is like marijuana and like like many, many other things. You use too much of it, you can become addicted. And you can cause problems for yourself, right? And I and yeah. I have actually seen that firsthand. Um, uh, meeting, you know, knowing somebody that's that's done that. Yeah. Uh, the interesting part is that I know other people that have used kratom for um, mild pain. Yeah. You know, reducing anxiety and a few other things, and you know they're totally fine, no yes. problem. You yeah. know, because they use it as a they treat it like a medicine like, like a medicine like an herb yeah. that, that they want to you know not and not a means to an end right right, right? yeah you I know mean, uh so yeah. yeah they're not using it to they're escape not, reality they're not using it to you know have a opioid opioidic effect for right. their whole life they just needed to do this one or two things you know um and and i think you know that's just fine I mean, same thing with nutmeg. I use it on my eggnog, but I'm not going to grind four, five, six, eight nutmegs right. in a powder and then drink it and hope I'm going to start seeing things. Right. But because someone somewhere decided to call out the fact that it can do that, and yes, it yeah. can, and yes, we've known about that for at least a couple of centuries. I mean, well, they, they used to use it in around. medieval times for, for those types of things. Yeah, you know? it's been but, around for a long time as something that one can do that with. But, but like there's a there's a thread on Reddit as well that even most of the people that have tried it are looking to, you know, to use it for the hallucinogenic effect. You know, they they come to realize that they need so much of it. Mm-hmm. And by by the time they've that induced that much quantity of it, they're 
they're tired, they're sleepy, they're nauseated. They're, it's nothing. Yeah, it's they, not a very pleasant experience. No, I, I mean no. it's it's not. You know, it's not like silo what, psilocybin, the, the, the Lumbra mushrooms, where you don't need you yeah. don't need much for that. Right. And you're gonna you're going to have your effect. That's also why they're you know class one at this point. I think still right. Um, so to, when you boil it down, the real question to be answered is which is more dangerous, right? Right. Well, exactly. and even in this article, if you read all the stats, you read all the numbers. Nutmeg actually comes in as being more dangerous than Kratom. Than Kratom, yet neither of them are really that dangerous at all unless abused like anything else. You abuse alcohol, it's dangerous. You abuse marijuana, it's dangerous. You abuse nutmeg, dangerous. Yeah. You know, Kratom, same thing. If you are the type of person that is only looking to find one possible outcome from that herb, that's going to be the abuse. I mean, truthfully, you shouldn't be leaving any of these types of substances laying around where your kids can just be ingesting. Well, yeah, I mean, regardless, obviously, with children ingest, ingesting it is a problem. Yeah. But they were, you know, for kids. But it's also a problem but, if they digest, ingest, you know, laundry detergent. Well, the calls for the calls for <laughs> for for kids under eighteen, uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah. Laundry detergent packets are the number uh-huh. one calls they get. They don't get the, yeah. you know, they don't appear for nutmeg. And we've been time, making so. those things smell like candy for years Oh, well, and the Tide Pods look like candy. And they look like you candy, know, yeah. Had, you know, so, it, yeah, I mean. So I found it interesting that the article was there. I, I can say that nutmeg is not an enjoyable high. No. I, I like it on my eggnog and I like yeah. it on certain things here for as a, as a flavor enhancer. Mm-hmm. But I do not like it. It's not worth it for the hallucinogen quality. You'd have to you'd have to grind up so much. It takes a lot of nutmeg to reach that. Yes, and I just yeah. For me, it's all about um, losing control, and I just don't want to lose control like that. So I would find another avenue if that was the case, but I don't want to do that either. So yeah, there you go. it's just yeah. So they're about equal. Have respect for the plant. Don't abuse it. Yeah. That's all and if you want to read the article, we'll have a link on the show notes. Yep, there will be a link to it. And um, I think, can we do a link to uh, the Patriot Act show? It probably has a website. Probably has a way to, to share it on, on Netflix.com. I'm sure there's a way to share that. If there, if I can't get an easy link to it, then I will at least put the name of it on there. So if you sure. want to look it up, you guys can. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And I don't think it yeah, probably there's has nothing a, on YouTube. It so. probably has its own website, I bet, because a lot of... A lot of those shows. shows do, but I, again, yeah. it's, it's a Netflix thing, so it's hard to say what they allow, what they don't allow. Yeah. So, but who knows? I'm sure if we went to Patriot, Patriot, the PatriotAct.com, we might find it. But yeah. anyway, we'll see what we can find and put that in the show notes. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show um, is that you'll notice as, as the show went on that Sue was in the interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, just letting everyone know that, that, that Sue is... Now, um, the she's in transition. Yeah, and she's in the integrated herbalist. That's where she's at, and she's working on making that um, more about. Well, she's more of an integrated herbalist in general, and that's where her strengths were going, and that's where she wanted to really pursue. So that's why you she didn't hear her on our herb lab. Um, so that's what she's doing, um, and and the other thing that. Um, so that, that was, I wanted to make sure I covered that because I had it in my note. Oh, we didn't talk, talk about where Sue was. I didn't want to make people go, "Well, Sue's here," and then she's not here. Uh, the other thing, though, um, in our in our in our scope of things is, you know, we always talk about learning and constantly learning um, about herbs and herbalism and and this. And so, Candice, you know, what are you reading this week? You know, this week I picked up a book by Cammie McBride called "The Herbal Kitchen." Yeah. And I've been finding it really quite delightful. 
actually. Okay. She has some wonderful stories in there. She has a large um, oh, Materia Medica and okay. recipes that are super easy. <clears throat> Excuse me. That are super easy for even folks who are, you know, don't have access to a great herb shop or an apothecary or something like that. I mean, just average folks. She's talking about what everybody, everybody in our country could be using this book. Really? So to, more of a practical approach? Yes. It's, I, I would say, based on the, I'm about halfway through it, and based on what I've been reading so far, I would say The Herbal Kitchen is the perfect book to get young families and um, people who are starting out or interested in improving their herbal skills. It would also work really, really well for folks who are a lot of times when we hit about middle age, which is, yes, about where I'm at, <laughs> we start to rethink the whole health things that we've been doing. Because when we were younger, we did a bunch of stuff or we didn't do a bunch of stuff to take care of ourselves. And by middle age, we're noting that changes are happening and not all those changes are great, like the aching in the knee or you know, the fact that you get indigestion now if you drink tea anytime after noon or other weird Right. Symptoms. And so many of us start to rethink what we've been doing, how we've been doing it, and we're looking for better, practical, easy, daily types of solutions. Not something big and dramatic and a bunch of pills, but what can you do every day? The Herbal Kitchen will give you a really wonderful and fun way to start exploring ways, further uses of herbs to mm -hmm. take care of yourself, but also you know, make it fun. Right. So. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting from it so far. We'll see. We'll have a link to that as well in the in the notes, um, so you could you could look at that book as well if you're interested. Um, so as always, uh, we are on um, Stitcher and we're on um, iTunes and we are available on Spotify and YouTube. Um, if you have a chance, give us a review. We'd appreciate it. Um, again, this show is made possible by the support from the Herbal Nerd Society. Uh, if you really, or if you want to join uh, and join the group of people that helps us make this um, podcast possible, thebrattoherbals.com. You can click on the Join tab uh, up in the upper menu and read a little bit more about it and what, what that entails. We'd appreciate it. And as always, put, put a herb on, on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.